If you have turned on the news in the last month, most likely you have seen a story or two about the water shortages that are taking place out west, particularly in California. And in fact, many of my friends on Facebook that live out there have been talking about it as well. Water is very important. Throughout history, cities have been built, fought over, and destroyed over their location to water. We need water. We can't go more than a couple of days without water. So when you're running from someone and you need to survive in the wilderness, you need to find water. We'll be talking about one of those watering holes on today's program. Today is Monday, May 11th, and you're listening to episode number 8 of the Exploring Bible Lands podcast. My name is Barry Brittnell, and I thank you for joining me today. The Dead Sea is one of the most beautiful places on the planet, although you wouldn't know it by the name. It's called the Dead Sea because at over 1,300 feet below sea level, it is the lowest place on Earth. No water can flow out of it. Therefore, it collects water from various rivers and tributaries which settle in this huge basin. Because of the geography of the area, the water can only go one direction, up. In order to get out of the sea, the water must evaporate. Given the fact that this sea sits at a very arid region, evaporation is not a problem. Water from the Dead Sea quickly evaporates, leaving minerals and other sediment behind. This causes the water to be uninhabitable, thus the name the Dead Sea. To look at the sea from a distance, it is beautiful. The water is a deep blue and is striking against the light brown mountains that surround it. Even as you get closer, the water is, once again, beautiful. For the most part, it's very clear. It's not uncommon to be able to see several feet into the water. But that's where the beauty ends. When you walk into the water or stick your hand into the water, you soon realize why nothing can live in it. The minerals left behind by evaporation mixes with the remaining water to produce an oily, slimy liquid that adheres to everything it touches. Unless you've been there, it's very hard to describe. But let's say that you got out a bottle of canola oil and poured it into a bowl and then stuck your hand into it. As you pulled your hand out, the oil would just ooze down your hand and back into the bowl. That is very similar to what it's like in the Dead Sea. You've probably heard that it's impossible to drown in the Dead Sea. Although I have no way of proof that, it's probably true. When you get down into the water, you immediately float to the top. In fact, getting into the water is a sensation in and of itself. You literally wade out into the sea until you're about waist deep. Then, you sit down. It's really that simple. And I have to admit, it's somewhat humorous to watch people try it for the first time. It's because it's an activity that goes totally against everything you're accustomed to in the water. Because of the unusual water composition, you're warned not to get the water in your face and do not drink it. The last time I was there... 
I forgot that I had a small cut on the side of my index finger. I stuck my hand into the water to pull up a piece of salt and immediately pulled my hand back and dried it off. The water had seeped inside the cut and had burned it. So, here you are. You're standing in the area of the Dead Sea, and you're thirsty. There is literally water everywhere, but you can't drink any of it. What do you do? While David was trying to run from King Saul, he was in this same situation. In 1 Samuel 23, beginning in verse 24, we read, Now David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the Arabah, to the south of Jesimon. And, the, and Saul and his men went to seek him. And David was told, so he went down to the rock and lived in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued after David in the wilderness of Maon. Saul went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. And David was hurrying to get away from Saul. And Saul and his men were closing in on David and his men to capture them. A messenger came to Saul, saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have made a raid against the land. So Saul returned from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines. Therefore that place was called the Rock of Escape. And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi. David was in this area, and he fled to En Gedi. Why? Well, there are two reasons. First, we know that there were caves in the area, so there were many places for David to hide. But more importantly, there was clean water there. En Gedi is an oasis on the western side of the Dead Sea. There are some springs in the area, but it receives most of its water from the wilderness. What little water there is in the wilderness collects just to the west of En Gedi as it makes its way down to the Dead Sea. For visitors of the area today, it is easy to see. If you're traveling south down Highway 90 on the western edge of the Dead Sea, you are surrounded by barren wilderness. Outside of a few scrub bushes, it's almost completely devoid of life. Then you turn a corner and there it is. There is grass and bushes and date palm trees. The Israeli government has built a nature preserve. There are people living in a small kibbutz in the area. If you take the time to stop and walk around, you don't have to go too far to find waterfalls and flowing streams. These streams flow continuously, even in the middle of summer. In David's time, this is exactly where you would go if you wanted to survive. And nothing has changed in the last 3,000 years. Traveling to En Gedi and seeing it firsthand helps you to understand one of David's psalms. In Psalm 63 we read, O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, 
and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadows of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life will go down in the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be given a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, and the mouths of liars will be stopped. You can almost picture David writing this psalm as he's in the wilderness of Judea, desperate for water in such a dry place. And of course he found it at the oasis of En Gedi. Knowing a little bit more about the geography of the Bible helps you to understand the Bible stories even more. want to know more about the lands of the Bible? Go to my website, www.exploringbiblelands.com. A couple of times a week, pictures or articles of the lands of the Bible are posted. You can even sign up to have your post directly sent to you via email. Or if you like, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or on Google+. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to our next time together, as we will once again explore the lands of the Bible.